and uh, want to talk about your feet. Nasty, dirty, stinky feet. All right. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6, look if you would at verse number 10. I'm going to ask you to stand with me tonight for just a little bit as we read these uh, verses of Scripture. Ephesians chapter 6. I want to talk about your feet being prepared and purposed. Your feet being prepared and purposed. You may, you may think, why would God care about my feet? We're going to learn why that is in just a little bit. Look at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wild devil. You know what that tells me? Uh, your ability to do something goes back to your ability to hear what God says and do it. You say, I want to stand against the wiles of the devil. That's the ability I want to have. Great. All right. Are you willing to do what God says to do that? I think one of the things that I find uh, with, with Christians and really just our society as a whole, people will say, this is what I want. Well, this is what it takes to get there. Well, I don't want to do that. Uh, look, if you want to stand against the wiles of the devil, you've got to listen to what God says in order to do it. Look at verse uh, number uh, 12. And, and in listening, it means putting all the whole armor of God. For we, we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, there it is again, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. It means it's going to take some effort. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Brother Sean, if you ask the Lord's blessing on the Word of God. Amen. Amen. Be seated. I don't know how many remember this, uh, but a couple months ago, I was kind of walking around like this, and and I couldn't remember. Oh yeah, yeah. That's right, because Lenny Dirty Dirty blocked me. He he did something real bad. So I was walking around like this for the longest time. Let me tell you something right now. Uh, when you can't get where you want to go, especially in the time in which you want to get there, and you're accustomed to just you know pick up your foot and do like that. Just like that. No thought. It's just your mind is telling you where to go, and your feet start moving. Listen, you don't get up in the morning and go, uh, foot, right foot, go. Okay, left foot, go. You just, you're accustomed to it. Your mind is engaged, and as your mind is thinking about where you want to go, your feet automatically take you there. Can I get a witness? Amen. And so listen, when, when that is hampered and you can't get around, listen, I, I'll tell you right now, it was one of the most humbling things that I've gone uh, through as an adult. I would sit there and just, just barely move and just be in pain. And, and, you know, move the wrong way. And, and I remember one time I was, it's my fault, stupid, being a man, bent and do stupid things. Uh, that's why men live shorter lives than women. And I'm out there mowing the lawn, after which time they said no physical activity. And they said, if you're going to do physical activity, put the boot on. And I'm like, well, what do the doctors know? <laughs> so I'm not wearing the boot, and I'm out there pushing the lawnmower, and I just the wrong way and all of a sudden it was like I went back to the original injury. I could see Lenny standing over me laughing. <laughs> Just being in pain all over again, all the trauma being relived. And, and let me just tell you, what, what I'm getting at is this. Your feet are very important, and you take them for granted. 
All, all you got to do is talk to someone that doesn't have the ability to walk around and be mobile and move around like you are. Listen, whatever your trouble is today, can you at least thank God that I can move? <laughs> And, and I don't have to think about it. I'm just, I get up and I start walking around. Listen, as a born-again child of God, your walk with God matters. And where your feet go matters to God. Uh, note, if you look at the passage, he, he mentioned standing and, and doing all to stand and, and to withstand the wiles of the devil. And over and over, the word stand shows up. And, and I'll just say this. There's a balance to this. If all you do is stand against everything and you are not for anything, let me tell you, I believe this is one of the reasons why a lot of independent, fundamental, uh, good churches have kind of withered and died, because they were great at telling you everything that they were against, but the next generation coming up didn't know what they were for. Right. Right. You have to have both. You got to not just stand against stuff, you got to stand for stuff. And listen, as the old saying goes, if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. Well, what gives you the ability to stand upright before God and before men? In your physical body, it's these things right here. And so God cares about your feet spiritually and, and, and putting on the whole armor of God. And it's interesting because the Lord starts here with loins girt about with truth. And then he talks about the breastplate of righteousness. He's not doing it in order from top to bottom. Then it goes to your feet. Why would God do that? Because look, if your heart's not right with God, your feet will automatically go to the wrong place. You know the story of Lot and Abraham and Lot. Abraham goes, look, the, the land is too small. There's not enough room for the both of us. Uh, and so therefore, Lot, you pick which way you want to go. I'll go the other way. And Lot looked on the plains of Sodom and Gomorrah uh, before the Lord had destroyed it. And lo, it was grown. It was uh, green. And he said to himself, man, this reminds me of the well-watered places of Egypt. And so in his mind, he goes, that's where I want to go. No prayer, no thought, no, just it looks better than where I'm at. That's where I want to go. Can I say this, Christian? Never take a job. Never enter a relationship. Never go somewhere with your feet where you are making a decision off of a heart that's not based on the word of God. How many Christians will make a decision and go somewhere and then go, oh, I made a mistake. It's like, you know what? If anyone had tried to talk you out of it, you would have said, I prayed about it. Sometimes you pray and you need to wait. Learned about that on Sunday. L listen, as far as your feet are concerned, I know this is in the Christian life. If you are always leaving an open door, look, when you get married, you know what that means? There is no back door. Can I get a witness, ladies? No back door, gentlemen. There's no, well, if this doesn't work out, then I'll just kind of go over here and, and, and be with this girl. Uh-uh. That's not how that goes. That ring means something when you're in that marriage. And therefore, as it relates to your Christian life, quit leaving the back door open. What I mean by this is, this, if you look at the loins girt about and the breastplate of righteousness and the feet shod and the helmet of salvation, the swords of all these things are made for you to go where? Forward. Forward. There's, no, there's no armor that's going to cover you when you're running and retreating, you understand? And so if you're a Christian, I'm reading a book. It's a secular book, not written by a Christian. It has nothing to do with Christian life, but I'm going to tell you what. It's very convicting as a Christian to read it. It's called Burn the Boats. And you know, it's written, it's written about business and about how people say, you know, well, I really want to accomplish this thing, uh, but, but I leave it so easy to go out the back door if it doesn't work out. In other words, I've got plan B and C and D. You know what that is? That's Jacob. That's the flesh. Let me make a deal with God. Listen, you don't make deals with God. You make covenants with God, not deals. Amen. Covenants of Lord, you are right. I am wrong. Therefore, I will commit this. A deal goes like this, Lord, if it doesn't work out here, then I'm going to go this way, then I might go this way. And because of that, so many Christians in the last days are spending a lot of their time running in the wrong direction. 
instead of engaging in a spiritual battle. Do you understand that what's going on today, as if you're a Bible-reading Bible Christian, you look at the events just in the last few weeks, and you go, oh my goodness. Uh, listen, in the last couple of years, we went from people being kind of normal, at least seemingly normal, to you should be arrested if you go to church. Remember that during COVID? I do. I remember people going, I'm not sure if I want to go to church. And, I, and there was no pressure. I never said, you better come or else. But I'll tell you this right now. It flipped like that, just like a light switch. And now in the last couple of weeks, you're seeing anti-Semitism, which we all thought was all dead and gone. How can it be dead and gone when you know the Antichrist will be the leader of that? Yeah. It's got to go that way. But you're seeing it like, where is this coming from? It's like this light switch was flipped. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden you look at this as a Christian, you're doing let's go i'm doing my rapture drills right now let's go these aren't burpees they're rapture drills right i'm getting ready to go right i'm getting excited can i can i say this christian this is not the time to run in the wrong direction this is the time to engage and what the world needs right now listen to me is not conservatism all right it is not look i've lived long enough to watch rush limbaugh be the voice of conservative then he dead and gone and sean hannity and glenn beck and all these guys and I'm not saying they're bad about everything or wrong, but I'm just saying right now, that's not what the world needs. What the world needs right now is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to tell you what the problem is. The problem is Christians are silent and they're retreating. And because of that, nature of horrors a vacuum and something else is filling that space. You say, what are you saying, Pastor? What I'm saying is this. God did not give you any piece of your armor for you to go in the wrong direction. The only way you should, listen, uh, Alexander the Great, I think it was in 334 BC, uh, they're having a, uh, they have a battle with the Persians, and they're, they're landing on the coast of, uh, I forget which island it was, to, to fight the Persians, and you know what he does, you know what they do there, what the Greeks do, you know what they say, they say burn the boats, you say why, you know what the answer was, they said this, they said we will either come back with Persian boats or we will die. In, in uh, 237, I believe it was, 237 B.C., there was a, a famous Chinese battle, a guy named Jiang Lu, I believe it was, and he was a general that took over for another general, and you know what he told them? Burn the pots, the stuff we eat our food in, and burn the boats. You say, why? We don't want plan B because it makes it too easy to go back. Yeah. Christian, can I say this? Don't make it easy for you to go back. Yeah. Make it hard to go back. Yeah. You know, I've learned about training children. It's a sad thing. Some people train their dogs better than they do their kids. You know, I've learned about training kids, though. I've learned this. If you make the wrong thing hard and you make the right thing easy, they'll do the right thing more often. When you make the wrong thing easy, you know what you do? You make the right thing hard. You know what you ought to learn to do as a Christian, especially as you grow as an adult, is have enough spiritual discernment to go, I need to learn to make the wrong thing harder in my life. I need to learn to shut those doors. Why? Because God didn't give me armor to retreat. There's nothing to cover my back. He talks about standing and, 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 and doing that in order to withstand and stand in the evil day. Christian, let me ask you a question. Where are your feet taking you these days? I know this much. I believe this sincerely. I believe that uh, if you're not careful, what will end up happening is just like Peter. You know what Peter did? Uh, after everything blew over, you know the story in John 21. He says, I go fishing. Everyone knows the story. He goes fishing. Can I, can I just say, I think when he threw that net, I think in his mind, he thought he would pick up where he left off three and a half years ago, and he'd find joy in those fish again. And I think he threw that net, and he's like, man, it's just not like it used to be. And you know what? Can I say this? That's a good thing for you as a Christian. But do you know where his feet led him? It led him back to where? The boat. 
Christian, you know what I'm trying to get you to learn to do as, as a believer right now? Learn to say, hey, there's some people, there's some relationships, there's some mindsets, some attitudes, there's some things within my life that nobody else knows about. And by the way, nobody needs to know about. Let me be very clear. The Bible does not say, the right Bible does not say confess your sins one to another because there's only one high priest that can handle all that garbage. All right, he, he says, confess your faults. Yes, you hurt someone in the body of Christ. You want to go to them and say, I am sorry for what I said, sorry for what I did, but that's different than confessing your sins. But I'll tell you this right now. There's some stuff in your life that if you're not careful, your feet will find yourself. And here's the dangerous part. Nobody has to know. There's some things in your life that's not necessarily, you know, drugs and, and alcohol and, and, and the things that everyone says, oh, those are the bad. Listen, man, pride will ruin your life selfishness will ruin your life. You, you watch a church event and it's time to clean up, watch the first few people that have to leave as soon as the, the word cleanup is mentioned. Amen. <laughs> you know what the problem is? You're selfish. And your feet take you right out the room as soon as the word work shows up. And I'm going to tell you right now, there's nothing spiritual about that for, for, for a minute. I don't care how much Bible you know. You know what the problem is there? You're following your own flesh rather than the spirit of God. I'm not saying that because we had a problem. Listen, I don't have a problem with that recently. Everyone was great at our house. Don't start, oh, what happened? Pastor had everyone to his house and now he's met. No, not at all. I'm just saying in the Christian life, you need to understand it's not all the stuff that's outward necessarily that will ruin you. Sometimes it's where your feet will take you spiritually. Demas. When I mention the name Demas, what do you think of? Come on, come on, you Bible students, come on. Okay. Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. But can I tell you, that wasn't Demas' position all the time. You know, you know what Paul calls him? Beloved in Colossians. You know what that tells me? He was walking in the right direction. Something got him off the path. I'll, I'll dare say this. His feet were not shod the right way. You may go, well, what does that mean? Well, if you're uh, here and, and you're kind of going, well, this old English stuff doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, think of it this way, all right? When we say someone is dressed, that means they have clothes on. So if someone is shod, it'd be like they're shooed. They've got shoes on. Does that make sense? So your feet should be shod with something. In other words, it's not just a matter of I'm no longer going to go to the wrong places spiritually, but more so the reason I'm not going to those places anymore emotionally, spiritually, mentally, physically, etc. The reason I'm not going there anymore is because of the fact that I want to move forward in my life. As a, Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't care how much Bible you know, how long you've been in church. You know what grieves my heart? Some people have been saved 20, 30, 40 years of their life, and they've never attempted to lead someone to Jesus Christ. I didn't say you got to go out and you know, lead 10 people to the Lord or else you're not spiritual. But man, there should be an attempt in your life. Don't you have neighbors that are lost? Amen. Don't you know some people at work that aren't saved? Don't you have family members that aren't right with God? Can't you do something about that? You know what's going to take? Getting your feet prepared to take you in the right direction with a mission and with a purpose in your heart. Not just simply, you know, I think a lot of Christians, do they just kind of live in their life kind of like whatever. It takes preparation. Look, someone has to come and clean the church. Someone has to prepare music and song. Someone's got to prepare the message. If we all got here, the church was dirty, no one knew what to play on the piano, and I had no idea what I was going to preach, it would not go very well. And yet, when it comes to the Christian life, a lot of Christians are kind of just going through it like whatever happens, happens. Look, God wants you to be prepared. And part of that goes back to, Lord, 
I'm not letting these just take me wherever they want to go. Lord, these are your feet. Amen. These are your feet. You know, the first mention of the word, well, it's not the word feet, but the first mention of the anatomy of feet in the Bible, you know where it is? Go, go to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. There's this epic, young people love using the word epic. My boys, when they see some, go, oh, that's so epic. <laughs> right? You know, like when I was a kid in the 80s, it was radical. <laughs> or, or dare I say, tubular. Wow. Uh, yeah. Don't laugh. Wow. It, it, risen and popping and I don't know, whatever else, dripping, whatever you guys are saying. <laughs> Like, there's always going to be some funny word to describe what you think is cool. Uh, but, but, you know, they'll say this is epic. You know what's really epic? Looking at the battle that started in Genesis chapter number 3. Check this out. The battle we're talking about throughout this entire series is the battle that started 4,000 years or 6,000 years ago. Look, way back in the beginning, <laughs> all right, when the Lord put man in the garden, Genesis chapter 3, 4,000 years before the cross, and we're 2,000 plus years removed from that, that's 6,000 years ago. This battle started 6,000 years ago in a garden. <laughs> and, and you know the story, the devil attempts Eve and he gets her to bypass all the blessing of God for the one thing that she lacked and she walks all the way through that. What did she do? She had, think about this, guys. She had to walk past all the things that God had blessed her with. What did she use to get there? I'm going to tell you right now, where your feet go makes a big difference in your life. Thousands of years later, you, you got genocide, war, uh, 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 you've got debt, you've got starvation, the list goes on. Because of a decision that was made in a garden thousands of years ago, where, where someone allowed their feet to go. <laughs> uh, look at Genesis chapter 3, as the Lord is addressing the, 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 he addresses the woman, he addresses the man, but he also addresses the serpent here. Uh, look at Genesis chapter 3, look at verse number 15. Genesis 3, verse 15. And I will put enmity between thee. This is God talking to the serpent. I will put enmity between thee and the woman. And between thy seed, that is the seed of the devil, that would be the Antichrist himself, and her seed, that is the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. Do you see the epicness of this battle that started thousands of years ago, and it's still going on today? When people talk about conspiracy, you know, the Rothschilds and the Bilderbergers and the Illuminati and this and that, and Pastor, you just don't know. I saw this on YouTube. you got to watch it, and all that kind of stuff. Let me tell you, that's not the real conspiracy. The real conspiracy is the God and the devil fighting in the background, you don't see it. It's a spiritual warfare. That's the conspiracy that most people ignore. Look what happens here in verse 15. It, the seed of the woman, shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his what? Now, why does, we know that's a reference to Jesus Christ dying on the cross of Calvary. Why did the devil want to do that? Look at Romans 16. Wednesday night, Bible Romans 16, Romans 16. You know what I learned a long time ago? If someone has no desire to learn the Bible, a Bible-believing church is the most dry and boring place in the world. That's true. It's a God-honest truth. If you have no spiritual desire to learn the Word of God, man, a Bible study is like the most, like, when do we get out of here, right? But if you're walking with the Lord and you want something from God, boy, there's nothing like it. Nothing like flipping those pages. Look at Romans 16 and look at verse number 20. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under what? 
You know who Paul's talking to? Christians. You see, this battle that started way over here, it, it doesn't come to a, to a head until over here in the future at the second coming of Jesus Christ. Revelation 16 and 19 talk about the battle of Armageddon. Zechariah 12 mentions that place as well. It calls it Megiddo, Megiddon in the Old Testament, Armageddon in Revelation. But here's the point. This thing started way out here. It's not going to end till way out here. You know what the Lord is going to do? He's going to allow you, because you are part of his body, you are the armies that follow him from heaven, Revelation 19, to be a part of that battle where Satan is bruised under your feet. I can't wait for that day. The accuser of the brethren, no more to accuse us ever again. I can't wait for it. I, I get excited when I think about that. Well, listen, do you know why the devil hates you so much? Because of that. He knows what your feet are going to do someday. So you know what he wants to do right now? He wants to mess your feet up. He goes, well, I can't fix that, but I can deal with them right here. I know how it's going to end, but I'll do everything I can to ruin them in the meantime. That's why the devil cares about this. And if you don't care, I can tell you it's two people that do, the Lord and the devil. And, and, and let me just say this in regards to this. Look, God does not want you being ignorant of what is at stake. You say, what is at stake? The souls of men and women. The devil wants to hinder you. He wants to redirect you. He wants to distract you. He wants to keep you so busy that you're just wore out. If there's one thing that I've, I've learned as a pastor in the last few years is that people today are more tired than they've ever been before. We've got washing machines. We've got robots that tell us we know what time it is. We've got AI coming out of our nose, and yet we're more tired than we've ever been. And I'm not judging you or picking on you for that. I'm simply saying the devil is, that's part of the devil's plan. Uh, you know, the Bible says, look at Daniel chapter 7. Daniel chapter 7, verse number 25. Daniel chapter 7. I want you to look at some of these verses. I could quote them, but I'd like you to see them for yourself. Uh, Daniel chapter 7, and this is a Daniel getting a revelation about the end times. Look at Daniel 7 and verse number 25. He shall speak great words against the Most High. This is a reference to the Antichrist. Let me be very, very careful, and let me say this. Uh, this is not a direct reference to the church or where you're at right now. It is a reference to those who are going through the Great Tribulation. But I'm going to tell you this. The devil's tactics don't change based on dispensation. They're the same. You know what he wants to do? He wants to wear you out. He wants to get you moving in so many directions that you forget what your feet are even for. God gave you those, after you got saved, God took every part of your body and goes, I want you to do something different with that than what you did with it before. This thing right here, that causes a lot of trouble, doesn't it? And you know what God says? Hey, that used to slay people. I don't mean like slay queen, none of that stuff, right? But used to kill people with your tongue and destroy them and cut them down to make yourself feel better because of self-righteousness. And now God says, hey, let's put a little bit of a bit on that. Let's control that. Let's use that for life and for health. So God goes, hey, where'd your feet used to take you? Where are you allowing your feet to take you now? I'm going to tell you right now, and I'm, I'm just going to float this out there. Uh, I don't have cameras in anyone's house, but I've, I know the Lord has me saying this for a reason. I don't know what it is. But there's someone, that, some of you, they're just, there's some edges you're on. And you're taking your feet to the edge. And you're going, how far can I get? You're going to find out real fast. You're not going to like the results of it. And I'm going to tell you right now, the devil wants to just kind of push you. Come on, let's go. 
Come on, let's go. Don't think about it, just do it. And the Holy Spirit of God says, son, that's not the right direction. Let me tell you right now, I've said it before, I'll say it again. The three biggest decisions in your life, whether you get saved, if you're saved tonight, say hallelujah, you got that one figured out. All right, you got that one figured out. Who you marry and where you go to church. And I'm going to tell you right now, for those of you that are younger, you better take your time and figure this out the right way. And not, not, not run into something just because of your feelings and your emotions and all the rest of it. Because I'm going to tell you right now, that where your feet take you in those relationships will follow you for the rest of your life. You know what I learned about feet in the Bible? First couple of references in Genesis when it talks about feet directly. It's talking about the fact that they're dirty and they need to be washed. Listen, I, I'm not picking on them. I'm not trying to pick on them. But uh, who, who here has uh, boys? Who's got some boys? Boys smell different than girls. Okay? All right? It's just a fact. The fact that the world's trying to convince you that they're all the same is just insanity. I mean, look, I don't know what it is, but there's times when you just, they haven't done anything. They just slept. And you go in the room and you're like, what is that? <laughs> and and uh, what, I, what, I, what I will tell you this is, I went to, I've gone to summer camp for a couple years. And I've learned this. When your feet are wet and your socks are wet, eventually smells will come from that that are not godly. Okay? All right? So, so you know what? Taking care of your feet. The, our soldiers that went to Vietnam, you know what they had to do oftentimes? They had, they, had, they had to transfer their boots. They had to ask for more boots. You say, why? Because they had this thing called jungle rot. And your feet are constantly in those shoes, and they're not cleaning them. And you're not, you're not addressing that, and so it just stays wet and dirty. You know what happens after a while? You get fungus in there. You see, that's gross. It's gross. Yeah, you know what, though? Look at John 13. As you turn there, can I just tell you this? Your feet are a picture of something. Your feet are the part of your body that are closest to the earth. And you know what it's a picture of? It's a picture of your life in this flesh. Be- because you know this. You understand you're a body, a soul, and a spirit. But when you got saved, your body wasn't saved. Your body doesn't get redeemed until the rapture. And you get a new and glorious body, incorruptible, thank God for that. But in the meantime, this is what you got to deal with. And you know what this is? This is what's closest to the action down here. And, and you know what the Lord does in John chapter 13? You know the story, it's the Last Supper, and, and there's the Lord taking his, his towel. And, and to me, I just, I love this story because in my mind, i got to be honest with you, if I knew someone was going to betray me on the level that Judas does, man, I would make the entire night about let's kill Judas. Can I get a witness? Wouldn't you? If you if, like, look, if, the, if God supernaturally revealed that's the guy, you know what I'd be like, all right, time out, guys, let's kill him. <laughs> but, but he doesn't do that. Look at John chapter 13. Look what he does. Instead of being consumed with what this man was going to do to him, instead of being consumed with a personal attack, you know what he does? He keeps the main thing the main thing. Uh, look at John chapter number 13, and look what the Lord does. Look at verse number uh, 2. Supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and he was come from God and went to God. You know what? I, I think what I, would, what I would say to you is this, Christian. When you read those two verses, there is a confidence that comes from walking with your heavenly Father and being submitted to God's plan for your life that regardless of who is around or what they think about you, it doesn't matter. There's the, basically the closest thing to the Antichrist on the earth during the ministry of Jesus Christ, the son of perdition, and he goes, yeah, let him do his thing. I, I'm going to wash some feet. 
Uh, look, look, if you would, at verse number four. He riseth from supper. You know what that tells me? It's a priority for him. And laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poureth water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter. And Peter said to him, Lord, you know, you got to appreciate Peter. So it kind of, the way it reads, it kind of seems like the Lord didn't necessarily start with Peter. Like he maybe started with, who knows who he started with, but he works his way to Peter. And it's almost like Peter's like, oh no, maybe they weren't spiritual enough to realize that you shouldn't be washing their feet. But I'm going to tell you right now, bless God. I, I believe every word in that book and the maps included. Lord, you will not wash my feet. And Lord goes, okay. Uh, all right, Pete, you have it your way. By the way, if, if I don't wash them, you have no part of me. Oh, Lord, in that case, would you get my head and get my ears and get my hands and get my... Yeah, right? Peter kind of flips that switch real fast. You see, what does he realize? He realizes that it's a matter, listen to me very closely, association and identity. You see, we get dirty. Look, look if someone came to your house, took their shoes off, and their feet sank to high heaven, and, and you know, they just didn't regard the fact that you were trying to enjoy a meal... That would bother you a little bit. I know this is Jewish culture and oriental t- tradition and all that stuff as far as the, the taking the shoes off and all that kind of stuff. I, I get that. But, but the, the principle is this. We can't even enjoy what we're here for until we get the cleansing out of the way. Is this making sense yet? You can't enjoy the Christian life. You will never be the witness that God wants you to be if you don't allow the Lord to clean you up. You don't allow the Lord to be real with you. Let, let me see the ugly parts. You know what we do? Take pictures. Oh, no, get the wrong side. Look at this side. Okay, you know, and, and I've known some people that, that do this, you know, and, and they get it just right so they look like they're 100 pounds lighter than they are. You say, why? Because I got to make sure that the angle is right so everybody gets the right thing. I'm 42. I don't care anymore. There it is. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> it is what it is. I'm getting old. I'm getting fat. Whatever. You know what the point, though, is? That God needs to learn. You need to be able to say, God, here I am. Here I am, with all my blemishes, with all my faults, with all my sin, with all the things that nobody else knows. I cover this where no one can see it. Lord, I'm taking it off. Here it is. Amen. Lord goes around and he starts washing all the disciples' feet. He doesn't sit back down until he's done washing their feet. You know what that tells me? The Lord is interested in making sure that you're prepared to live up to your calling as a believer. Now, I, I hear a lot of people go, I don't know what I'm called to do, preacher. I'm not sure if I'm called a pastor. Yeah. Look, I say this all joking aside. There are women that will never be called a pastor in this room. And there are certain seasons of life where you just go, do I even matter? Right. You know, you, you feel like all you do is feed this thing and then it poops and you got to clean it up for years of your life. Can I say this? And I mean this sincerely. Ladies, your calling is just, whatever, your call, whatever it is, whatever season God's put you in, it is just as important to God as the preaching that goes on behind the pulpit. Your feet should be just as prepared. There are people that those moms would reach that I'd never have a shot of reaching. You are to be prepared, listen to me, with the gospel of peace. You know what this world doesn't have right now? There's no peace. 
There's none, there's none of it at all. It's any piece that is there is fake. Honestly, I wake up every morning and I realize how blessed we are to live in America. And by the way, you know one of the real reasons? You said God's protection, God's mercy. Absolutely. You know what he allowed us to do? He allowed a country to be formed with two huge boundaries of water that no one can come across without you knowing that they're coming. I mean, we're blessed to be here, and I, I acknowledge that, but I'm going to tell you right now, guys, the longer I live, the more I realize there's nothing but the mercy of God holding this whole thing together. Man, we're like, we're a step away from the whole thing just blowing up. And you know what that, that tells me? I, I realize more and more, there's no peace in this world. What they lack, you cannot find it in politics. You cannot find it in religion. You find it in Jesus Christ. And the feet that are supposed to take that message to the world are yours. Where are you going? Where are you going all week long? What are you doing with your time? Listen, I know sometimes I, I, I've been, I've been uh, uh, labeled as someone that is a video gamer hater. I'm not. If you do that, man, praise the Lord. Sit down for two hours. Say, Lord, bless my gaming. Do it. I'm not kidding. I'm being serious. If you can do that, do it. But I'm going to tell you right now, if you're sitting around, whatever it might be, I don't care if video games, chatting, scrolling, and you tell me I don't have time to be a believer that takes the gospel into the world, you are lying to yourself. There are opportunities all around you. You know who passes out gospel tracts? People that carry them. So on your way out tonight, say, Lord, these feet aren't mine. I'm not going to decide for myself where I'm going. I want my feet washed. I want them prepared and meet for the master's use. You know what Paul says? Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called me an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. Separated unto. In other words, that's what I'm here for. What are you here for? I can be honest with you. The longer I live, the more I realize, man, this house, someone else is going to live in it someday. This car will be in a junkyard somewhere. This building could be fallen down and decrepit, and God knows what happened to this building. But you know what? The people that I lead to Jesus Christ will be there forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Can I ask you a question? Anyone, you don't, don't raise your hand. Please don't raise your hand. Because I don't want, you know, you know some half the church can go, I wish I could have a 401k. And the other half goes, I wish I've had it for years. If you have a 401k, and you know what you watch? You watch this thing with the, with the craziness of the economy, and it goes up, and then, boy, it goes down. You know one thing that just continues to go up and up and up and up and up and up and up? The people that you reach for Jesus Christ. Amen. You know what breaks my heart? Breaks my heart. Some of you are raised in a Christian home spoon-fed the Word of God your entire life. And you're going to think because you know the whole Bible, because you, gave, you were given it your whole life, that somehow that absolves you from engaging with the lost and dying world. It does not. Can, 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 you, can, you, not, can you not give out a track at Starbucks? Some of you are like, oh, I hate Starbucks. Fine, fine. Dunkin' Donuts, I don't care. Can, oh, oh. That's how you split a church right there. Here's my point. You, you can do something. But, but you know why you're not? You're not being honest with the Lord about where you're at. You're not. You got dirty feet. You got some things that need to be exposed between you and the Lord. And you are not going to move. You know, what, you know one of the issues with, I started saying this earlier, with fundamental Baptist churches is this. For many years they talked everything about what they were against. 
And that first generation, listen to me carefully, you see this in the Bible too, that first generation needed that because they were coming out of stuff and they need to know what they were against. And you always need to have that in your church. You always need to know these are the things that we are not for. Amen. Amen. But at some point, you got to say, this is why we're here. The reason we're not for this is because we want to be a vessel under righteousness. The reason that we're not okay with this, oh, I've got liberty in Christ. You go ahead. Listen, I'll tell you, years ago, I was sharing this with Brother Tim a couple weeks ago. I had a guy that came in, and I was talking with this guy, and and we were talking about, you know, I I preached about you as a Christian being in certain environments and where your feet take you, and you know, hey, look, probably not the best idea to go hanging out at a bar if you're a believer. And the guy goes, I don't know why you said that, because I've gone in, and I put my arm around a guy, and I've talked to him about the Word of God, and and I said, okay, can I ask you a question? I said, how many people have you led to Christ that way? And he goes, None. I like my way better. I'm not picking on the guy. I'm simply saying, hey, where your feet go, it matters. It matters to God. We've got this penny reward system going on at our house. It's a lot of fun. And I won't go into all of it right now. But the kids do not get these pennies because of doing their job. Look, you want to eat here? You're going to do some work here. Okay? So, amen. You want a dog's pick up their poop. Well, I just think they're so cute when they're a puppy. Well, they're not a puppy anymore, and they make big poop. So you got to <laughs> go pick it up. All right? So, but when they do an exceptional job, and they go above and beyond, and, and mom's, you know, got, you know, one foot, she's carrying a bag of groceries, another hand of groceries, got the baby, you know, and got something in her teeth. And one of the kids goes, hey, let me grab the baby. Let me do this. And they go above and beyond. Here's a penny. You say what? To store it in your jar so that when later on in the week, when dad and mom go out and you go, oh, I want some of this, or I want some of that, you go, okay, that'll be two pennies, please. Now, you say, what's that for? They're saving those. They're, 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 they're getting those rewards for the purpose of using them. They're not getting those for the purpose of just filling a jar. Does this make sense? And so God has put all this stuff in your life not to just fill the jar. I've got one of my children who shall remain unnamed, and when we go out and we're going to get a coffee or something like that, and, and certain elements of our home say, we want this, and here's our pennies, the other one goes, can I just have it? And I say... No, (laughs) you are adorable, and I would die for you, but no. (laughs) You say, why? Because the purpose of the pennies is not to hoard them. Separated, listen to me, unto the gospel of God. Some of you can rightly divide the word of God. You can talk about dispensations. You can tell people about what's going to happen after the rapture. You can tell people what's going to happen in the millennium. You know verses on the valley of Megiddo. You know verses on the valley of Achor. You know the path of the second advent. You know the Lord comes through Syria and works his way down this way and comes in from the east and the eastern wall of Jerusalem. You know all that stuff. Great. Praise the, praise the Lord. Can I ask you a question? What are you doing with it? I'm not impressed with Bible knowledge. I'm impressed with Bible application. Where are your feet going? Christian, I'm going to say right now, the fact that God gives us the ability to move. And he gives us free will. You can do whatever you want. You can let your feet take you wherever you want them to go. And God goes, I've got something that will change your life and the life of those around you. Uh, There's a lady, a that we know from another church in Idaho. And she shared a story about how for years she's been walking her dog in the morning. 
walking her dog, and there's a kid, these kids in the neighborhood, and she'll give them these little cartoon booklets, right? And uh, she gives them these little, little chick tracks, you know, and, and if you're not saved and you haven't been around church and you hear chick tracks, you kind of go, what is that? The guy that wrote these was named Jack Chick, and so they kind of call him after his name, but they're just gospel tracks in kind of a cartoon format, and she passed these out for years, never thinking anything about it. Recently, she's walking her dog, and someone came up to her and said, hey, you're the lady. Oh, no, no, forgive me. She was in line at a store, and the person turned around and said, you're the lady that walks her dog and gives these booklets out, right? Yeah, it depends. <laughs> and she said, yeah, that's me. You know what that per- young person said? I did what that, that thing said to do. Amen. I asked Jesus to save me. Amen. You know, she thought, I, I never thought anything of it. I never thought anything was ever happening. You have no idea what God would do if you would just go where he tells you to go. Amen. And in the busyness and chaos of life, and it does get busy, if you would learn to eventually stop in moments and go, okay, Lord, I see what you're trying to do here. I see what you're orchestrating. You're bringing someone that needs peace in their life to me. Can I say this? Quit looking at it as a burden. Quit seeing it like, oh, I don't know. Just go, thank you. The creator of the universe brought someone to my my doorstep. Lord, thank you for that. What a privilege to be able to give someone the, the, the greatest message that's ever been told. God, thank you for that. You see, what is that? Living your life with purpose and with preparation. Saying, Lord, I want you. Brother Jose preached a message a couple years back. I don't know if he remembers it, but I do. It was riddled with heresy, bad quoting of scripture. And <laughs> it was entitled, Ponder the Path of Thy Feet. And uh, what a great verse in Proverbs. Christian, if I get you to do anything tonight, you know what I, I get you to do? I get you to ponder the path of your feet. You know, some of you think, I went to Bible school. I don't know the Bible. I don't know this. I don't know that. I don't. Can I, can I ask you, are you saved? You know the gospel was the message you heard when you got saved? That Christ died for your sins and was buried and rose again? Can you not give that to somebody else? Jesus says, go in all the world and preach the gospel. The first two words in gospel are go. First two letters, go. First two letters in God, go. You know what God wants you to do? Go. You know, there's a parable where Jesus says, why stand ye here idle all the day long? You know, I think the problem with, you know what, what I've noticed about Christians, when they start nitpicking other Christians and start finding lots of faults with them, you know what the real issue is? You're not going. Nope. You're just looking around at seeing how that person, and they've drive me insane. They bug me, and I just can't believe that they sang that. They were off key, and then, and and they sat in my seat, and they took my spot in the carpeting lot, and instead just going, man, what a what a huge, what an opportunity right now to take the world, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Eighteen years ago, brother, would you do me a favor? That guy's ready. He's got chucks on, right? 18 years ago, something really seemingly insignificant took place. I I got a message today on my phone. Look, I got a message the other day from uh, a 505 area code. No offense to those that moved here from New Mexico. From a 505 area. 
We good? Okay. From a 505 area code, and it wasn't them. And this guy was blankety blank. Someone left a cartoon book on my, I kept you blankety blank Baptist. Are they ones that are, you know, causing all the trouble in the world? I'm like, have you watched the news? It's not Baptists blowing up places in the Middle East, buddy. All right. Uh, and, you know, you bat, blah, 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 and just, just ripping one side, uh, uh, up one side and down the other, you know, blankety blank, 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 blank. Don't you ever blank, blank. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Thanks for leaving the voicemail. God bless you. And, 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 you know, you say, what do you, what do you do with that? Nothing, man. I get those all the time. You know what that means? You guys are passing out tracks. Praise God. <laughs> you know, I think it's great. Honestly, you believe it or not, I listen to those and I laugh. And I think to myself, someone's married to that person. Thank you, Lord. It's not me. Amen. <laughs> but I got another voicemail from a Colorado Springs number. And it went like this. Hi, I think I'm reaching Pastor Adrian. My name's Michaela, and years ago, you and your wife gave me and my sister a Bible. And I'm 26 now, and I don't even know what I'm doing, but I just felt like God wanted me to call you because I'm trying to figure out what to do from here. Don't even know if she's saved. And I, 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 I was like, who, who is this? She didn't say 18 years ago. I, I figured that out later. I, I know a couple of Michaela's that have been in our church even in the last couple of years. And I'm like, not that one. It's not that one. I knew Michaela had a little brother. But I'm like, me and her sister. I had to call. And, and she said this. I, I sent a message through, through Facebook Messenger trying to reach you to show you the Bible you gave me. Hopefully you don't think I'm crazy. I'm sorry if, if you think I am. I'm like, well, I got to call this person. I, I called this person. And it dawned on me who it was. When we were missionaries on our way to Bolivia, there was a family that lived underneath us in the apartment below us in Colorado Springs. And I remember watching those girls running around. We were burdened for them. You ever, you ever do something and think it's not a big deal and it doesn't matter? She had that Bible for 18 years. She said, you guys loved us. You brought us to church. I remember that. She didn't go into her whole life story. We're going to, by the grace of God, we're going to meet with her on Friday. Amen. I told her, I said, you have no idea what this phone call means to me. She said, I've got three boys. I feel like the world's falling apart, and I don't know what to tell them. You know where the answer's at? It's in that book. Amen. You know, there's going to be times when you as a Christian, you give someone a Bible, you give them a gospel track, and you have no idea what's going to happen in their life. Eighteen years later, all I can say is thank you, Lord. Christian, can I tell you, I remember. I remember being a missionary on deputation, and we'd be at home for a couple weeks, and, and, and due to just some hardships in their lives, they had lost their dad, and things weren't easy for them. And I remember my wife going, I just, oh, those girls are so sweet, they need the Lord. 
who knows what happened. But I know this, we wouldn't have had a shot to even be where we're at right now, meeting this lady on Friday, if it wasn't for a simple act 18 years ago. To Michaela, we hope that you will love and cherish this Bible. It is the most important book you will ever read. These words in this book are God's words to you. We love you, and we'll miss you so much. We are going to Bolivia that next week, and we gave it to her for her birthday. And all I can say is this. Failure, Christian, is not an option. Forward. Forward. Let's all stand, heads bowed, eyes closed. Father, we thank you. Thank you for the direction from your word. Lord, I just pray you'd help us to be committed. Lord, if there's some foot washing that needs to go on spiritually between us and you right now, I pray to do it. Lord, I pray that this will be a church filled with people that have feet that are prepared, ready to go. Lord, uh, this, this world is a mess. And Lord, when I stop long enough to lock eyes with people, it's evident they have no idea what's coming. Lord, you burden us to go. Well, help us not to be selfish and spoiled with all the Bible that we have. Christian, tonight maybe it goes a little something like this. Father, I want you to direct my steps this week. Lord, I, I, I don't want to be the one guiding myself. Lord, there are some divine appointments I'm probably missing. Christian, I want to encourage you not to get so hardened to people. Say, Pastor, people are awful. Yep. Yep. But it was my sin that put Jesus Christ on the cross. And he still loved me. He's allowed me to do some amazing things for him. I'm thankful for that. Seeing things I never thought I'd see. You know what I love about the Lord? He's not too good to get down on his knee and wash the disciples' feet. That's, that blows me away. But he doesn't do it just so that you have pretty feet. Matter of fact, he says how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel. He does it so you can be sent out with purpose.
for those who remember a different America than the one you live in today? Can I just say that maybe part of what we're seeing is God allowing us to have the mission field drop right on your doorstep. You see, the Christians in Acts chapter 1 didn't want to go, so God just kind of busted things up a little bit. There's a guy named Philip the Evangelist. You see, listen, listen, it's not just, this is not just something I do. It's something that I'm supposed to be, right? I love that story because the Lord, the Spirit of God says, go. And Philip goes. Then he gets there and sees the man in the chariot. And the Lord says, go join thyself. Go near. Like, just go a little further. Go a little further. I think that's the urging of the Spirit of God tonight. Go, go a little further, Christian. You kids that are being raised in a Christian home and raised by godly parents, you've got a great shot at something that a lot of adults in here wish they had. And I don't know how else to say this. There's probably a more eloquent way to say this. But don't be a, a spiritual brat for Jesus. Don't take those blessings and let them spoil. You young people, high school, middle school, college, whatever, you guys have, the Bible says, let no man despise thy youth. If you're older in here, you may go, well, I've got nothing to offer. That's absolutely not true. God did not let you breathe and exist for all the years that he's given you for you to stop being a witness for Jesus Christ now. Okay? You are here for such a time as this. I know Brother Chris doesn't want the attention, but I get convicted by him. Brother Chris, you bother me in a good way, if it makes any sense, bro. may not have his physical eyes in place, but he can see some things spiritually. Brethren, as we're coming toward the end of the age, And it's time to get the right vision for where we're at. A couple ways to look at the world right now. It's a complete utter mess, which it is. And Lord, get me out of here, which we want. But here's another way. Lord, I can't wait for you to come back. But until then, the way I see it, it's never been more ripe. The foundations, brethren, have been destroyed. They've been destroyed. People are lacking direction. You just got to go find them. Here's the good news. They're everywhere. Amen. I'll close with this thought. Part of the reason why I was injured, I know I pick on Lenny. And he probably has something to do with it, but... The reason I got injured, I think, is I was using running shoes with no arch support to play a game that requires a lot of arch support, especially the older that you get. 
You know, I think the problem is with some believers. You got the wrong shoes on. They might look pretty. You know, I've had these moments where I, I have to, I've got girls in my house. Well, these shoes look nicer. We're going for a hike. You're not going to want to wear those. Oh, no, but I like them. Okay. Let me go hiking. My feet hurt. Okay. Christian, maybe, maybe tonight, that's the issue. Got the wrong shoes on. Get the right ones on. Go. Miss Rachel. Amen. All right. Hope you got something from the Word of God tonight. Let's close in a word of prayer and thank God for the opportunity. Um, Christians, I'm going to say this and I mean it. Uh, I'm thankful for a church that believes in the Great Commission. Um, and my job as your spiritual coach, all right, is to kind of just go, all right, let's, let's not stop. Let's not get complacent. Let's keep going. You say, why? Because we live in a city, if you haven't paid attention, that is also going to hell in a handbasket. And the only hope they have is Jesus Christ. And uh, there's some of you that just a couple years ago, your life was going there as well. And the, the hope of the gospel changed all of that. And there's still a whole lot more people out there. Um, so I want to encourage you. Go. And I think we're low on tracks right now, which is probably a good problem. We'll, uh, we'll take care of that. We've got 1,000 church tracks coming our way. Uh, I do want to announce this, and then we'll have a word of prayer. We've got our Christmas candlelight invitations that are going to be coming pretty soon after missions fair. I'm going to encourage you guys to start inviting people right away. And if you go, Pastor, where are we going to put them? We'll, I don't know. We'll figure it out. But uh, the Lord has blessed us over the last few years, and we've seen people saved there too. So I want to encourage you to go out. Go out with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Make a difference this week. All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. And uh, I'm going to ask Brother Joe if you would dismiss us in order of prayer, sir. And uh, I don't know, it's been a blessing for me to, to watch Joe be tortured by the fact that he can't play every service on his new piano. <laughs> and I put him up here. We had to lead music, but he's done an excellent job with that. Appreciate that. Uh, Brother Eric will be back for Sunday, but you've done a real good job. Brother, dismiss us in order of prayer if you would.